Welcome to the Wise of Texas podcast. Wise of Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. We are South Asian voices for South Asian voters. You can visit our website, wiseoftx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise of Texas board member and today's host. I want to remind everybody that we are focusing on candidate interviews for folks running in the midterm elections. This is the midterm because it's the middle of the presidential term, but it is just as important as the presidential election. There are so many important roles on the ticket this year, um, including U.S. Congress. So because we just had a census and we've redistricted We've done redistricting. We have every single seat in the U.S. Congress up for re-election. So make a plan to go vote. March 1 is the primary date. This is a date where you decide who's going to represent your party on the ticket in November. So make a plan to vote. Take your family and friends to vote. Um, We actually have a guest today who is running for U.S. Congress She wants to represent Texans in DC. She's coming from Austin area. Donna, Imam, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, I'd like to give you a moment to just introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you so much, Poonam. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, My name is Donna Iman, and I'm uh, running for US Congress out of Austin, Texas. I'm a computer engineer here. I built my career in some of the most iconic Austin companies that you're familiar with, you know, Motorola, Freescale, Dell. And I am, uh, you know, a nonprofit uh, volunteer. I'm extremely um, ingrained in my community. In fact, I built up this nonprofit to a 4,000 member nonprofit, and we provide free training and education to anybody who wants it to help boost people's careers and paychecks. Uh, And I've lived in this brand new district, Texas's 37th district, for over 15 years. And as Puna mentioned, uh, you know, Texas had enormous population growth out of the 2020 census, and it was uh, a state that got two brand new districts, additional districts to the 36 we already have. And Austin, Texas, for the very first time in decades, uh, got a brand new district, and that is the district that I'm running in. That's very helpful for us to hear. So tell us a little bit about the district. Is it is it Austin? Does it encompass outside of Austin as well? It's almost all of Austin. So it's a uh, majority of it is west of I-35. I'm sure you're very familiar with that. And there is a little bit of um, suburbs of Austin. For example, Pflugerville is a suburb of Austin, but the majority of it is an Austin-focused uh, district. So, you know, Texas has a GOP trifecta. And of course, we are we know that Texas is heavily gerrymandered. And this district uh, is, a, is heavily Democratic-leaning because of partisan gerrymandering. <laughs> uh, so, it, so it's what's often uh, referred to as a sink district where they pack in all the Democratic voters. And um, that's what this brand new district is uh, looking like right now. Yeah, our listeners might remember, we've talked quite a bit about redistricting, especially in the fall of last year. And we had some graphics created explaining these definitions of cracking and packing and the way that populations are either pulled together or um, drawn apart 
in, in districting. So um, that's very interesting to hear about your district. And I know you've run for, for Congress before, but what, what about this time made you feel like you wanted to run for U.S. Congress again? Well, you know, in 2020, um, I ran for Congress in one of the six districts that run through Austin, that ran through Austin, Texas, because Austin was sliced up like a pizza. And in 2020, we had the highest Democratic voter turnout in the history of my district. We had the highest voter turnout in the history of my district. I got more votes than any other Democrat that ran for U.S. Congress in the history of that district. And we came in number one across all of Texas in terms of voter turnout in Williamson County, uh, among the top 25 most populated counties. So we really showed by taking our message to voters, we were able to get out the vote. And because Texas is so gerrymandered and that every single state house race or a state Senate race or even US congressional race is predetermined to go one way or the other, you know, left or right, Republican or Democrat, it is really important for us to be able to uh, get out the vote at an at a state level and uh, win some of these state level, um, you know, races to take back some of the power uh, and uh, be able to have representation that is indicative of what Texas looks like. So, Poonam, I, I don't know if you know this, but over the last decade, 95 percent of the population growth in Texas was of Hispanic Americans, Black Americans, and Asian Americans. And the most important part of this is the population growth of Asian Americans was higher than that of Caucasian or white Americans in Texas, even though they're a small percentage of Texas uh, residents as a whole, but the growth was extremely uh, huge for the, for the Asian uh, Texan population. We right now in the United States Congress from Texas have no representation. Uh, there is no Asian Texan in, in the United States Congress at the federal level. So as we know, it is so important for people who live in Texas to have representation. So that is obviously one of the reasons, but more importantly, we believe that our campaign can get out the vote and help take back Texas and bring back some normalcy uh, to Texas politics. Well, thank you. Yeah, you're, you know, the statistics on Asian population growth that came out of the census were really interesting. And it's one of the reasons why um, organizations like Wise of Texas have been speaking out on redistricting and on making sure that the Asian vote is heard um, and that it's not diluted in some of these districts. And I think what, what I've been seeing, at least as a podcast host getting to talk to candidates, is that we do have a lot of South Asians running. Um, especially for for Texas State House, there's um, some South Asians running, um, but at the U.S. congressional level, um, it, it, it's so important that we have representation um, at Congress. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, you've touched on it, but how does your South Asian identity play a role in um, your decision to run? And what would you tell the South Asian community about your campaign? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the South Asian community is an integral part of Texas and specifically uh, not just the, you know, the technology industry here in Austin, Texas, but across the state, we see enormous growth 
because many uh, South Asians have come here, they've started small businesses, they're part of uh, the technology industry, for example. Austin has completely blown up with respect to companies moving here. We've become now the 11th largest city in the entire country, right? And it is important for South Asians, for example, they are they experience lots of different challenges. For example, many of them may be first generation or they may even be immigrants, right? It is important for them to be able to get high quality debt-free education so they can build a life for their uh, family. It's also important, especially for South Asian families who have come here, many looking for a better future for their children, right? And we see the cost of education over the last several decades has gone up 3,000%. We see kids across this country, including South Asian kids, uh, taking on mortgage-sized student loans. And we need to uh, focus on lowering the cost of education and delivering debt-free education. Now, I was very lucky. I was able to go to uh, undergrad and graduate school and graduate debt-free. And the, the main reason for that was uh, I had major scholarships, right? I want to ensure that every single kid out there, South Asian kid out there, can study whatever they want, whether it's medicine or law, or whether they want to go to dance school or music school, or whether they want certifications or go to trade school, have those opportunities. Because I believe that South Asian families, that's what they're looking for. They want to provide a wonderful life for their family. And we need representation. We need leaders in Congress uh, that will usher in the next generation of technology. So I believe that I can take my expertise in science and technology, specifically in engineering, and bring some of these solutions uh, for not just our country, but our state, our community, and our cities. Thanks, Donna. I, I want to touch on another subject that I noticed immediately when I went to your website to see a little bit more about your campaign, um, that you talk about housing. And I think a lot of people in Texas are dealing with this change. Right? It used to be Texas is a really affordable place to live. Now in the big cities, especially, it's really hard to find an affordable home. Um, can you talk a little bit about housing and your platform around that? Absolutely. You know, Austin, Texas has a large population of homeless uh, residents, uh, around 3,000 people. And so if you have driven around Austin, like, you know, a lot of people come to Austin for the weekend, you will see tent cities under every highway. What's happened here is this. You have people who are teachers, social workers, healthcare workers that have maybe worked their entire lives, right? For maybe an average salary between forty dollars to $60,000. They've purchased a modest home. They've done everything they were told. They paid off that home, right? Now they are being pushed out because they cannot afford the real estate taxes in Austin, Texas. That home that they purchased maybe for $120,000 or $200,000 is now valued at 800,000, sometimes a million dollars in central Austin. And what's happened is there are no caps on real estate taxes. So seniors on fixed incomes are being pushed out. Secondly, we see a lot of young people who went to college, they took on student loan debt because they were told, hey, if you go to college, you can have a wonderful, successful life. But their jobs that they've been matched with after college do not reflect 
the cost of being able to pay off their student loan and be able to save to put a down payment on a home. So I have specific solutions that address homelessness. And here's a statistic that I want to share with you because it's really important. Right now in our country, we spend anywhere between $24,000 to close to $60,000 annually to incarcerate an individual in our prison system. Many of them are private prisons and they're profitable. Yet we can't seem to find the funds for whatever reason to address homelessness. At least half of the people who are homeless are going through transitionary challenges, like they've lost a job and they haven't been able to keep up with their rent or their mortgage, right? And we need to be able to make sure that we lower the cost of education, get rid of, eliminate student loan debt so that people can afford homes and buy homes. The second part of it is absolutely true, which you said that people have been kind of priced out of living in major cities in Texas, which they were able to do. And we have to address that by addressing supply and planning our cities better in a more, you know, uh, smarter, way and ensuring that we lower the cost. One of the things that people talk about is, uh, you know, how do we address these issues? We can't just subsidize or, you know, have high wage jobs. We have to it's, it's about how much money you bring in versus how much you spend. So you both have to lower the cost of these things, as well as increase the supply so that people are able to, you know, manage their expenses in these large cities. Well, thanks, Donna. I know that's a topic that I think a lot of people have dealt with, whether they're house shopping or seeing their property taxes go up year to year. So thank you for chiming in on that. I want to end on a fun note of something we're doing to really embrace our South Asian culture and to point out all the many aspects of South Asian culture, right? We, we're a diverse bunch. So we're asking our uh, South Asian candidates who are coming to the podcast to just say one thing in a South Asian language that you might know to inspire our voters to come out and vote. Yes. So, (laughs) um, you know, I'm not that great at professionally, you know, uh, speaking uh, Bangla, but I do uh, speak Bangla. And I want to say to everybody in Bangla, that means I wish you all, you know, well, I hope you come out to vote uh, in this primary election, because this primary election will actually decide representation in a big way. Majority, if not all the Texas races, whether they're at the federal level, or whether they're at the state level will be decided in primaries, not in the general. So come out and make your voice heard because primary elections have very low voter turnout, often, you know, between 10 to 20%. So you have this amazing opportunity to come out and really make your vote count. So I hope you'll consider that. Early voting starts February 14th, Valentine's Day. Don't miss it. Come out and vote early. And of course, election day is March 1st. Thank you so much, Donna. That concludes our interview for today. Wise Up Texas welcomes candidates like you who want to come talk to our followers. We're a nonpartisan nonprofit and we don't endorse any candidates or political party. This podcast can be found on all platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes will air on Radio Azad. Thank you for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas. <laughs>